0: Well, when you hear that song, 99% of the time it's followed by the one and only Rabbi Yoshua Fass, a co-founder of Nefesh B'Nefesh, who we most recently saw at the Celebrate Israel Parade eight days ago, reminding everybody on Fifth Avenue that, uh, that celebrating Israel is, is, is nice and is one thing, but the best way to show one's uh, allegiance and devotion to Israel is actually to consider and then eventually move there. And that's what Nefesh B'Nefesh is all about, to help facilitate the move to the Holy Land. Rabbi Yehoshua Fass, welcome back to JM in the AM.
1: Thank you so much. Good morning to you and to all your listeners.
0: Wow, it was just a couple of Mondays ago that we were sitting in your conference room and uh, President Trump was arriving at Israel and... Our listeners were gearing up for the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem, and you were describing how the country was getting ready for that big celebration. It seems like yesterday, Rabbi Fass.
1: It time flies. And then we saw each other a few days ago at the parade. Unbelievable what happened.
0: Ah, It is unbelievable. Right. Uh, One of the reasons that, I should say really primarily the reason, that we wanted to make sure to speak to fast this week, aside from uh, his invitation to regularly appear on this program, is because this week is Parsha Schlach, and we always have a, uh, an extra incentive to speak about Israel and maybe in some way <laughs> repair the, uh, uh, the sin of the spies or the scouts, as many people are now uh, um, uh, apt to call them. Uh, in our history, and the uh, Parsha Shlach is this week, and by fast we get an opportunity to speak about it. You know, yesterday I was at the Mayanot Yeshiva High School um, uh, graduation. Uh, Yonina Siegel graduated, uh, somebody who's going to be spending some time in your neighborhood next year, by fast. So you may run into Can't her. Wait. Yeah, you may run Can't into wait. her once or twice, yes. Maybe. And, no, this is open for and you know, as speakers get up, and as you would suspect, they're uh, speaking about the uh, Parsha of the week. And in this Parsha, as much as there's uh, information about many other things, one can't avoid uh, but uh, speak about the uh, episode of the spies, of the scouts sent by Moses. And one of the things pointed out yesterday, and I thought this was interesting, is sometimes we forget the context of uh, when and how this episode took place. Uh, The Jewish people have uh, left Egypt. They are gearing up, literally, uh, to cross into the land. They're ready. This is it. They are ready for this incredible... Uh, climax and a, a wonderful crescendo uh, to this ultimate experience of uh, being granted freedom by God and being uh, led into the Holy Land. And this is all happening, and they're on the cusp, they're on the edge, they're right there, uh, ready to do this. And uh, Moses says it's time to uh, send these scouts, and of course, it is their sin that makes the uh, this generation that we read about not be the generation to conquer Israel, but rather be the generation to literally Pass away in the desert, and um, I, this was, and it may be simple and something that's you know obvious to a lot of people. But as this was pointed out yesterday, I'm saying to myself, "Wow, we sometimes don't understand that we don't we don't realize it that this was you know this was it the ultimate moment was just you know w- 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 was was within our grasp within our ancestors' grasp, and uh, and it was just taken away because of this terrible episode. So I know that you always have interesting things to say about this Parsha. I was curious about your reaction to this particular view uh, that we sometimes don't. It's,
1: it's, it's actually uh, it's exactly what I was actually wanted to share with you. <laughs> I, I last no, it's, we'd even coordinate this. But uh, the last few days, when I was after the, the parade, I spent some time talking to, to young adults, um, the, a younger generation of individuals, of religious scientists, of individuals who are activists and people who, are, uh, who lobby for Israel, who support Israel, who are passionate about Israel. And what's remarkable is that what I kept on hearing echoing was that this is a generation that was born into a world with a, a given of the State of Israel, and not only with the State of Israel, but the State of Israel with Jerusalem. Yeah. And we forget that context, talking about you just said, we forget the context of, of the history, we forget that the context of uh, the generation that is basically furthering this cause. And sometimes, without context, you lack the wonder, and, and you lack the ability to marvel of, of the miracle that we have. And I think it's, 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 it's interesting to note that in this Parsha, we wait until the next generation uh, is born, We wait until one generation dies out to bring in a new generation with a new context, with a new appreciation, with something almost tailor-made for them to appreciate the new wonders of their situation before they move into Israel. And uh, it's a remarkable concept. I think we're using sometimes the old playbook um, since 67, 673, since 1948, for each subsequent generation, and sometimes it doesn't resonate with the new generation, because the context has changed. And I was actually thinking about this list, this last Shabbat, um, when we were reading Pashat Bahalotra, and one of the sections in the, in the Torah portion was about the Levi, and that the Levi, differently from the Kohen, we have a forced retirement at the age of 50. Right. Um, a Kohain can continue until he has uh, some kind of physical disqualification, mm-hmm. until we have forced resignation. But when it comes to a Alevi, he has to resign at the age of 50. And the sas MS offers an incredible, incredible explanation, he says, because that song, that voice, that appreciation, it loses its context. The next generation, it doesn't, it doesn't resonate with the newer generation. The newer generation has to bring its own voice, its own song, its own melody to, to current times. And I find when I was speaking to these, to these young adults this past week, it's like they were like, we need, uh, we need a new approach. We need something that, that shakes us up, that gives us a, a historical context so that we appreciate um, what we have. Also, what we have and what we should treasure and, and even long for because it's very different hmm. from our parents and our grandparents. Yeah. And it was very interesting Then it segued into a different conversation with values of life, of happiness versus meaning, which was eye-opening to me. Oh. I, asked, I asked them, you know, what's more important, a life of happiness or a life of meaning? And almost most of the people around the room were saying uh, a life of happiness. <laughs> so I paused and I said to them, what, if you asked your parents and grandparents, what would they answer? And without hesitation, they answered a life of meaning. Mm-hmm. So I said, dissect that. Dissect that. And it, it went back, reverted to this notion of context and history and sacrifice for something of value. And we know that. We know that this generation is a very different generation, but doesn't mean that there's shallowness or there's a lack of substance. It means that we have to find well. a different way of connecting and creating that visceral, passionate, connection to the state of Israel, and to many other things of value yeah. in this, in this, in in our life.
0: I, th- I think it also means they've been infiltrated by Americanism, frankly. Uh, Rabbi Yoshua Fass is with us, co-founder of Nefesh B'Nefesh. He is the uh, leader, the uh, man in charge, tens of thousands of olim, as we know, on a regular basis heading to Israel from North America, or courtesy of Nefesh Benefesh and their partners in this incredible endeavor. It's Parsha schlach this week, we always get on With an important message, and I don't mean to bring this conversation down, frankly, because there's a there's tremendous hope and there's so much positive outlook out there. But you remind me, as you talk about the um, the context with which the younger generation now lives, within which context they now live. um, You know, I I would sometimes lament to my father of blessed memory of uh, you know the terror attacks that you know, God forbid, would happen in, in Jerusalem and other places. And he would say to me, he would say, do you know that, you know, 30 minutes after these terror attacks have been, you know, investigated and and cleared up, the streets are cleaned and they're reopened to traffic and life goes back to normal in Israel. He wasn't minimizing, he wasn't minimizing the loss of life, obviously, but he was talking about how different it is compared to when these massacres took place in the early part of the 20th century uh, and Jews were victims, you know, of Arab gangs and mobs. And you know and, and and it would take God knows how long to recover as a community from those types of episodes. so again, in c- well,
1: I, I agree, I think culturally we've compartmentalized much more emotionally, and I think the speed of of events, of current events of and we've sped up our lives so much that that has created this compartmentalization and and movement within our lives, which is sadly sometimes very unhealthy. But that's the reality. People jump episodically from one event to the next, and they process it quicker, or they don't process it at all, and that doesn't sink in to an individual to create that depth of relationship, or even that cognitive experience of incorporating what they just experienced. Yeah.
0: There are a lot of ways you can read this week's Parsha. Some people will, will sit there lamenting, you know, lost opportunities. And others, most likely yourself, because I know how positive a person you are, especially when it comes to the modern state of Israel. Others may may sit there and say, you know, it, it may have been a lost opportunity then, but look how we've gone ahead and we've progressed so far. You know, generations later, how will you sit and view this episode this week?
1: I always, uh, I often, not always, but I often challenge my kids and I have, on Pasha Shlach with a metaphor of a kid who for a year fetches to his parents about having a certain remote-control car, <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden for his birthday he gets a remote-control car and uh, and he sees the three worst words of uh, for, as a nightmare to a kid, batteries not included. <laughs> and, the question, and the question is, what does the kid do? Does he throw the remote-control car on the floor and have a fit? Or does he have a little bit more patience and actually walks to the store and gets the batteries, <laughs> and that is, I think, if you take that and expound upon it to things that we actually, as a nation, have longed for and fetched for and prayed for, and we finally get our remote control car and their battery's not included, do so we reject the, the gift in total and say, oh, it's not perfect, it's not finished, it's not ideal, it's not Yemot HaMashiach, let's reject it. Let's wait until it's perfect, or wait until someone else picks up the, the gift for us and Refurbishes it, or do we actually roll up our sleeves, walk a little bit of a distance, put in those batteries, yeah. and uh, be involved, and then celebrate with uh, arms wide open, the, full embrace.
0: By the way, I don't know to what degree you um, uh, you observe this, because obviously anybody who might start up regarding their attitude toward the state of Israel who lives in Israel, to me, it's a little bit different than you know people in this country, for instance, you know, making public their feelings known about the state of Israel when they are negative feelings. Um, so I'm not quite sure exactly how you, you know, how you view it. Um, and now I've completely lost my train of thought on this. But I was going to say I, I, I'm not quite sure where I was going with this. But but I did want to I did want to point out that there is a uh, that that there's a that there are unfortunately people who look at the negative even today as to what's going on and make sure to point it out. And uh, it it would be it would behoove all of us to remain as positive as possible, especially in public context, and, uh, you know, laud as much as possible the state of Israel, the city of Jerusalem, etc.?
1: We cannot have tserot Ayan, which is a myopic viewpoint of, of this world, and focus not with narrowness and only on the faults and blemishes and warts. Uh, if we did that, we wouldn't be in relationships, not with uh, God or with the state of Israel and not with individuals that we call loved ones. We have to take it, the entire picture, as we talked about, we started the conversation, the entire context, understand the history involved, understand the need, understand the incredible miracle of our times, understand the national belonging and the national homeland, and it is with its worth and with it, and, and instead of rejecting, love it even more, get involved even more, embrace it even more, and uh, challenge yourself to find a way of fixing and repairing and being part of this incredible experience and incredible gift.
0: Yeah. It is a remarkable gift. And remember, and I think this is where I was heading, remember that uh, the majority of the Moroglan, 10 out of 12, came back with negative reports. If it sometimes seems like the majority, or that large groups of people, I don't want to say majority, but if large groups of people, both here and there, are coming out with statements against uh, Israel, uh, we have to remember that in in history, that it was the minority that proved to be right uh, in the case of the Meraglin.
1: It's, it's- it might, not, it might be the minority, and it might be even just uh, the people themselves without the leaders. Right. Breuer used to say, Why do we say, but let our eyes see at the return of the people to Tzio, and this whole return from our exile? Because techazena is the language of the prophets. It's right. not used by people, by plebeians. He said, Maybe, yeah, he said, maybe that's what it is, that our return will be led by regular people. Like and our leaders might not see the the bigger picture.
0: Like the regular people you meet from New York, New Jersey and about 40 some other states and of course Canada who decide to head to the holy land to move to Israel with their families and that's what gives you the positive feeling every single time one of those flights happen and you know, speaking of being on the cusp, it's now June, you're on the cusp of a couple of uh, another a major flights happening. We this are summer in well. it. We
1: are deep in it. We, are, we have a, a group flight leaving tomorrow from New York, Woo! arriving on Wednesday, and then the whole summer begins now. Every week or two, there's another group, and then there's a charter, and two charters a summer, and 10 or 12 different group flights. So uh, from now until mid-September, it's, it's hectic time. This is when the wave of 75, 80 percent of in from North America and England arrives.
0: Isn't this amazing? Whoever it was that set up the calendar of Parsha Yot, they put Parsha Schlach right here this time of year so that right afterwards, you can go ahead and help correct the situation in a positive manner with the incredible summers that Nefesh Benefesh has. No coincidence, by Fess.
1: No, it was perfectly ordained.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you see, you agree with me. Anybody who wants information about Nefesh Benefesh, any flight this summer, next summer, or any time during the year, of course... It's nbn.org.il. All we suggest is that you start the process, find the application online, nbn.org.il, and uh, explore the possibility of heading to the holy land. Believe you me, it'll it'll go a very long way in correcting what happened a couple of thousand years ago in the desert of Sinai. Again, it's nbn.org.il eight six six four ALIA eight six six the number four and then A L I Y A H. Rabbi Fass, any closing words for this segment?
1: No, it's been always a pleasure. You're a dear,
0: dear friend and a dear
1: voice for Israel, and thank you so much for allowing me to share my thoughts with your listeners.
0: I greatly appreciate it. Best to everybody around the Parsha Shlach Shabbos table this coming week, Monday morning broadcast at J.M. and A.M., Lenny Solomon himself has played all 50 states, and yet he is based in the state of Israel. Did that many, many years ago, before Nefesh B'Nefesh moved him and his family to the Holy Land. Monday morning, plenty more coming up if you keep it right here at JMNM.